coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and it's always good to be back in the studio and having conversations. And today is a good day. I love talking to C-suite marketers, and uh, it's great to talk strategy and get into the weeds if we choose. So it's always nice to have those kinds of conversations So today, we are lucky enough to have with us Jody Boyce. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at Teriyaki Madness, and I certainly know that brand, but I'm sure you do too. Anyway, it's great to have you on the show today, Jody. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. You got it. All right. Well, listen, I, you know, you're the chief marketing officer, so we're going to talk marketing as we normally do on the show, but we have, uh, we have a variety of guests. So today I know we can dive into a little bit about what you guys are doing and, but why don't we start with your background in brand marketing and, you know, how you took what you, what you do to Teriyaki Madness and, and their strategy and tell me a little bit about, you know, how that, you know, how you've made some changes and, and then I, what you're focused on going into the future on. Sure. So I have been in restaurants and franchising for a little over 25 years. And I started my career actually right out of college working for Oscar Mayer. I was a hot dogger and I drove the Oscar Mayer Wienmobile around the country. Right. That's my that's my only claim to fame. But it was great. And it taught me a ton about marketing and PR and promotions and really launched my career into the food industry, just working with Kraft and Oscar Mayer. So when I, I decided to come back after traveling around the US, I landed in Denver and um, I've been with restaurants and franchises ever since doing marketing. Yeah. So, I mean, now you're you're with a brand. I think, tell me a little bit about the brand size. I know it's pretty, you know, pretty large, but tell me a little bit more about where you are right now across the country and, and yeah. where that's headed. Sure. So, Terry Manis, we actually started in 2003 and it was started by two brothers and a cousin who lived in Las Vegas and they went to school in Seattle. And in Seattle, teriyaki's on every corner. So it's it's like Chicago hot dogs, New York pizza. Uh, right. Long story short, they started their own in um, Las Vegas in 2003. And then Michael, who's our CEO, bought the company in 2016. So I started in 2016. So even though we were around for a while, we were very much like a startup, you know, being new to ownership and kind of different direction, different vision. And so it was a a blank slate for me. Um, We didn't have anything. We didn't have online ordering. We didn't have gift cards. We didn't have an app. We pretty much had a counter and a telephone uh, to take orders. And that was about it. So it's been a a fun ride. When I started, I think we had about 30 locations and we're about 145 now, plus uh, two, two in Mexico and two in Canada. And then we're expanding actually into Central America in El Salvador um, and all over there too. So it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it's exciting. That's that's great. International is an exciting step as well. But tell me a little bit about the Asian fast casual model. 
I know you said it kind of stems from the Seattle tradition, which is cool. I didn't realize that. But it's also a pretty economical, not economical, profitable model for, for, for restaurants. And obviously, I mean, how does that affect your marketing when you approach on the franchise development side? How do you kind of incorporate the model and what's unique yeah. about it, I guess? Well, what's great is Asian food in general is one of the fastest growing segments in the restaurant industry. It's a little bit healthier. We're not claiming to be a health food brand by any means. We're, we're flavor first, but it's great that teriyaki just by nature is grilled uh, and fresh meats and veggies. So it happens to be healthier and most of our sauces are gluten-free. So the fact that it is healthy and simple, like we, we pride ourselves on a pretty simple menu. We want to make our core products and make them really well. And so I've been at many brands over the years where, you know, we have thousands of SKUs and I think we have less than 80 um, in, in our system. Um, and it's, it's probably even fewer than that. So, um, you know, doing what we do and do it well, that's, uh, our model. And, um, and it is, it's, it's pretty economical when you look at, um, you know, the, the core products that we serve. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's all about how do you get to 145, right. And growing and adding at a greater rate, even at times. And I know, uh, brands, you know, they kind of, pick and choose when to you know grow and feel like you guys are probably in that growth mode. Um, but, but it comes with the assurance or you guys care a lot about obviously the previous owners all doing well and that's all part of the expansion. So you have to, I heard, keep it simple, right? Like it, yeah. by the nature of what you're doing is simpler and allows you to help others get into the business successfully and focus on probably what they want, which is relationships, right? And yeah. and having people coming back. And and I was just talking with a brand recently. It was like uh, all about that. It was about, you know, you don't realize how many times they're coming in. I mean, if it's a, if it's something like that, it might be several times a month. And it's like, you get to know these folks. So you can focus on that, keep it a simple operation. So that's, that's attractive. Tell me a little bit about though, the, the overall job of a, of a CMO at a brand like yours. You obviously have two sides of the marketing. One is, you know, you want to offer the opportunity to become part of the brand and run your own business in a particular location. You have that side of it. Um, and then you have the side of supporting the brand and that the actual locations that are there now. Tell me about the brand side of the marketing. I know you've got some innovations coming and different things you 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 wanted to share. Can you tell me a little bit about how do you though, how do you back up strategically and say, we need each franchisee to achieve success. And how does that look from a marketing standpoint? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Is there a core set of marketing plans that everybody gets and how does that work? Yeah. I mean, we've, we have built this brand in a fairly organic way. Um, you know, we're not backed by, by big investors. We have only grown, um, as fast as our ad fund contribution has allowed, um, and you know the fees for buying a new franchise. So it's, it's a really smart way to grow because we're not getting ahead of our our skis as we sit here in Colorado. Um, and uh, you know we've we've only been able to do what we can afford to do, which has really pushed us to be very scrappy. Um, I think uh, it's forced our shop owners to be um, really involved in their communities, which is one of our our core values anyway. And our our shop owners do want to be involved. Um, not only in the community of our franchisees here, you know, we, we're very collaborative, we share ideas, um, but in their own communities where their, their shops are located. So some of our best marketing programs have been 
good old fashioned grassroots efforts, um, you know, having fundraisers and having um, the community come into the shop or uh, tasting the food, bringing food to different businesses um, and people around around town. Because one thing that we've learned over the years is there are some people who don't really understand what teriyaki is. Um, and our, our food is so good that when you taste it, you go, oh, this is teriyaki. Okay, I get it. Um, and then they come in after. So, um, you know, what's interesting too is as a marketer, um, it used to be pretty black and white what marketing did versus what someone um, in the IT department would do. Uh, and now it's it's pretty muddy. I mean, we we marketers are our IT people as well. And, you know, we we know technology now that um, sits kind of in the marketing department that never would have in the past. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's been, no doubt. It's been so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an interesting journey, especially for us. I'd say us, meaning we've been around a little while. We've seen the evolution of the internet. And now with, with AI coming into the mix, it's interesting. That's a whole nother topic. But I wanted you to talk a little bit. You said earlier when you first started, there were no rewards programs. There were no engagement programs, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of ways to reward people for spending more of their time with you and making them important to the brand. And I know that uh, the, the relationships you talked about, um, you mentioned earlier, partnering with the community, right? You know, interacting with other businesses, organic growth that way is still and probably one of the smartest ways to grow a thriving business because it isn't so dependent on one channel or another or, hey, uh, Facebook decided to change something and now my campaign doesn't work as well as it used to. And, you know, it's it's always that problem with some of the digital channels of constant change, but really the idea of relationships will never change, right? And people want to buy from local businesses that they feel connected to and know about. So it sounds like you do that and you equip the franchisees to do that well, and then you've got the other technology to support that. So I think of engagement, like whether it's a mobile app or rewards programs or other ways of making it convenient. To, to interact more and buy more and do more. How have you addressed that? So it's kind of an extension of the relationship that you're building organically. Yep. How have you used digital to address that engagement? Yeah. Stuff? Well, one of the first things I did um, about seven years ago is we created our app and online ordering. And this was pre-COVID. So at the time, it was kind of iffy if restaurant brands needed an app. Um, definitely needed online ordering apps were kind of on the way out almost um, back in, you know, 2016, 17. Uh, we're pretty thankful that we decided to do it because it really set us up well for um, during the pandemic. We didn't, we didn't have to pivot too much. We were, we were already set. So we have, um, we have focused our technology on ways to make it easier for customers to order food and faster to get it in their hands. And so all of our technology is integrated together. That's another big piece of it. You know, working with a franchise system, you don't want to have to have the owners um, have to go to, you know, four, five, six different platforms to operate. Um, ours are integrated together. So, uh, you know, working with Punch and Olo and all these different companies so that it's really, they're going to one place. Um, integrating third-party delivery was a huge piece for us. Um, and then our loyalty program, the whole purpose of having loyalty is to get people to come in more often, get them to spend more money. Um, and now that we've had our program for four or five years, um, we know that our loyalty guests are spending about 12% more than non-loyalty guests. So that's why it's been so important to us um, 
not only to have these good relationships, you know, within uh, the communities, but then be able to talk to those customers um, constantly, you know, throughout the the weeks and months um, as a reminder, because people get busy, they forget, forget everything, you know, who's out there and where they want to go. Um, and so we've been able to grow that database. When I started, I think we had 12,000 people um, in a, just a simple email database. And now we have 600 and almost 650,000 reward members. And what's so great is those are people who want to hear from us. Like they have signed up themselves. They, they want to hear from us. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty captive audience. Yeah. Brilliant. You, you should get a raise. Yeah. You should get a raise. Good job. <laughs> oh, that's Good job. recorded, right? Uh, yes, recorded. We we got the evidence. No, but I mean that's that's what well that's what marketers are supposed to be doing, right? Building a building an audience, building an engaged list. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how valuable that must be so valuable for you right now to be at that. So tell me a little bit about that because now you do have a bigger sort of national audience, if you will. And I know you've done things like innovative things like teriyaki madness, uh, national chicken. Teriyaki day, or you guys invented it, or I don't know. So tell me about like when you do national promotions, tell me a little how that gets weaved in. And are you using this big database for some of that? And I suppose you are, but yeah, tell me a little bit how that works. Okay. So crazy enough, national chicken teriyaki day is not something we created, but we are certainly celebrating the heck out of it. So um, we discovered it uh, just about a year and a half ago. We're like, Oh my gosh, this, this holiday is out there. And there's a lot of crazy holidays. So um, last year we just kind of dipped our toe in the water. We weren't sure what the reaction would be. Um, last year was on a, it's on December 11th. And so last year was on a Sunday, this year it was on a Monday. So this year we decided to go big. Um, we know because like I said, our, our loyalty guests are spending more than non-loyalty guests. So our intent of celebrating this holiday, um, uh, not only is to create business on a, you know, on a slower day of the week on a Monday this year. Um, but, uh, to gain, gain as many Mad Rewards members as possible, because we know that they're a captive audience and they're going to spend more and come in more often. Um, so we used our, um, social media ads to promote it. We had in-shop POP, we had bag stuffers, you know, we started promoting it several months in advance. Um, and it turned out to be the biggest day in Tarek Madness history, as far as, um, sales, as far as engagement with the app. Um, same store sales were up 43% that day. It was, it was a big day for us, which was great. Um, but the best part is we've seen kind of the residual, um, benefits from it. So we gained, um, several thousand new Mad Rewards members. It helped us kind of hurdle over our year goal. Um, and, uh, I think we were about, what was it? 154,000, um, new members this year. And our goal was 140,000 members. So it definitely helped us get beyond across the line, which was was the entire uh, purpose of it. So I love it. I love it. You're doing all the right things and you got the KPIs to drive towards the right thing. So uh, that's a smart thing to to be doing. Um, So cool. So, So you do... You do the promotion. So is there anything else like that that you think could make a huge impact like that from a uh, sort of a, an event-based marketing idea? Or do you have more planned for this year, like at different points of the year? I, obviously, you do holidays and you do different things, but yep. is there other, other key events that you find that really drive, help you drive things? Yeah. Um, you know, because we're, we're constantly trying to drive people to our app, another one that we focus on is free delivery. Um, you know, early on, I think a lot of brands, especially 
during the pandemic, a lot of brands were just given free delivery out for a long time, for months at a time. Um, we decided not to do that. We're, we're trying to be a little more strategic with the way that we use it. And so we have different free delivery weeks. We'll just do a week here, a week there. But last summer, we did free delivery Tuesdays. And Tuesday, Mondays and Tuesdays are typically a little bit slower um, in sales than the rest of the week. And so we wanted to use it as a way to boost sales on Tuesdays. But again, it was only something that you can get through the app or online. And so creating those rewards accounts is really the ultimate goal um, to get those people in for long term. Uh, right. So we ended up doing it all, every Tuesday through the summer. Um, we were able to promote it consistently, um, you know, in all of our different channels. And it ended up being one of, uh, we partnered with DoorDash on that one. And it ended up being one of DoorDash's biggest promotions for any of their brands. And, you know, we're, we're a growing brand, but we're only 145 yeah. locations. Um, yeah. And they work with right. some pretty big brands. So it was, uh, it was pretty great. It was very successful. Um, it was a good summer. <laughs> we'll, we'll send this interview to your boss for sure. Great. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> oh, like I couldn't. I think you're checking all the boxes I would certainly want to check if I were doing your job. So you're doing great. Now, this is good information, too. I mean, I think that's smart. I mean, you're thinking about events on down days. You're also tying that action to the longer term engagement. So once they're part of the rewards program, you kind of know. Now they're in for the increase in spend. And so tell me a little bit about when you implement something like this. And it's more technological. Okay? So we're, we're talking about relationship building, the guerrilla marketing that happens for the franchisee, the local market, interacting with the community, things like that. But as you're building up your relationships and your audience, now you've got things like digital technology and the app and things like that. Is there something you have to balance out when you launch things like that with the brand or the values of the brand or what, what you're what you're trying to convey to your to your um, your your customers? Like, what are you guys about? What environment do you want to create? Sometimes yeah. technology can get in the way of what you're doing. I'm just wondering, did you have to balance anything, or how do you look at that? Uh, keeping the the relationships at the right level, I guess, when you start to use more automated technologies and things like that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's two ways to balance. One is the balance of um, programs that we run. We're constantly trying to look at things that have very little training for the shop side. So, um, you know, because labor is still a challenge um, and there's, you know, a lot of turnover, we don't want programs where we're relying a hundred percent on, you know, hourly employees to run them. So we're trying to take a lot of this out of our hands and, you know, make a little higher level. Um, as far as, you know, communicating to customers, um, we're pretty uh, strategic with the way that we coupon. And I've, I've always said, you know, we never want to be like Bed Bath & Beyond. And I, I said that years before <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond had some big issues recently. So um, right, right. I, I just I don't want the coupon crack, I call it. I don't want customers waiting for the next offer to come in. Um, and so we try to convey, um, you know, really our brand attributes. And um, again, the flavor kind of rules all. So once people taste it, it it's really craveable and um, addictive. And so yeah. if we can get the food in their mouths, so they get it. But for new customers, I mean, we're, we're small enough that really our, our marketing needs to be about um, reach and reaching new people um, to come in because we have a lot of really loyal guests um for people who already know us 
we're trying to yes. get the word out to additional guests um, to come right. in. Right, right. Yeah, interesting uh, challenge there. But that's a great answer. I mean, that is a thoughtful answer about the comparison with other brands like you made that you know, we're not that and we don't want the marketing to change who we are, what people think of when they think of us. So we talked a little ahead of time about technology and things. And you mentioned it earlier about marketing sort of fusing with tech, more tech, right? We're more tech people, yes. I think. Yes. Um, and so like with the future, we know about AI. AI made a huge sort of breakthrough last year in terms of its everybody being aware of it, people using uh, different forms of it now more directly, I should say. It's always been in the background. It's been around a little while with a lot of these technologies that we use every day, uh, like Facebook and Google. Um, but in terms of someone actually using it and, and having it do something for them that helps them with their daily life, that that happened last year. So as you look forward, what are you thinking about as both on an innovation standpoint and also your marketing team, just looking at the marketing department? How do you see AI kind of evolving and shaping these things for you in the future? Yeah, so um, it's, it's a good day that we're talking because just today we um, are launching a new program that we've been testing. Um, we tested it throughout 2023, but it's called Mad Dash. Um, and it's basically our solution to a drive-through. So our, our food is made to order and it's fresh and it, it probably won't lend well to a drive-through model because we make it when you order it. However, um, we needed a solution for that and for the convenience factor. And so um, we now have, uh, we work with a company called Flyby and we've integrated their technology into our app with Punch and Olo um, that basically tracks customers. So when you place an order for pickup, curbside, um, it's even doing uh, tracking delivery drivers. Um, but when they place their order, it's alerting the shop uh, through GPS tracking. So not even geofencing, it's more precise through you know GPS on their phone. Um, and it's, it's alerting the shop when they're just a couple minutes away. And then it alerts them again when they're about 15 seconds from parking. Uh, so when they kind of cross into the, the parking lot. And our, our goal is to literally be standing outside holding their bag. And so they don't even have to park. They pull right up to the curb. We, you know, chuck the food in their car, maybe hand it to them. And then they're on their way. Um, you know, if you have a 15 second transaction, that's a game changer. That's going to um, really change our business and help us stand out. Um, even from those who are moving towards, um, you know, the convenience of drive throughs Hopefully we're going to be even faster than that. Yeah. And it's not, you know, I think it's the idea of what you said earlier that you solved that for people that love the food, love the food hot, right? Most likely yeah. if you if you get, you know, and so like, you're like, hey, even if you had the drive, do you have a drive through now at all? I mean, I don't know if you do. We have okay. a, we have a couple um, because they were, you know, previously um, restaurants that had them. And so we've incorporated yeah. them. Um, but more so we have a couple with pickup windows. So not right. necessarily we drive up and order, but where you can stop by and pick it up. Got you. What, what I'm saying is I, you're solving the problem that the customer would have wanted you to solve. It's like, I, well, I, I want my food fresh and hot, but I would love to have it convenient, but the fresh and hot's more important. So now you've just created it so that it's it's easier for me to buy from you more. Yep. <laughs> so I, I just, you know what I mean? Right? Which again yeah. is, is all the focus. about convenience. Right, right. So, but the quality of food is part of who you are as a brand, right? The, the, yes. it's, it's somewhat healthy because of the way it's prepared and, 
and with the ingredients and the fact that it is fresh and made that way is 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 timely. So you got to do what you did to sort of give you the convenience and the freshness and hot uh, part as well. So that's pretty cool. And that that's not you you found tech to solve that yes. satellite tech. So tell me a little bit about so again with AI thinking about the, these ways of creating content now and. I, I don't know. There's it's changing every day, obviously. But as a marketing department, what are you thinking about in terms of content creation and just you know, are, are you encouraging your team to use certain tools or how are you approaching it? I guess. Yeah. Um, so you know, we have a, a relatively small team. Um, and like I was saying before, because because we've grown in a smart way where we're not backed by, you know, huge investors and where a lot of brands, you know, are just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, we we need to be scrappier and also I think a little more focused on um, data and doing actually you know what works and so one of the things that has worked really well for us um, is social media and partially it's because of our brand voice and our personality where our brand is a little edgier and uh, irreverent um, and fun we always say we take our food seriously but we don't take ourselves seriously um, and that lends well to social um, but a couple things with the technology, you know, writing in that brand voice is tough. Um, you know, we, we always say our, our brand, uh, personality is, is kind of a mix between Bill Murray and Ryan Reynolds. Um, and those guys are okay. you know, like clever and funny. Yeah. It kind of gives you a glimpse of, of who we are. Um, but now that, you know, chat GPT exists, um, it's pretty interesting to be able to, uh, work with that almost as a copywriter um in some of the things that we're doing and you know we can come up with the great direction and it will actually write something in the brand voice of bill murray or ryan reynolds it's pretty unique um so yeah so we're using that type of technology you know kind of as needed we also um because reviews responding to reviews is so important um you know through google and they put so much weight on that as far as you know who they're going to show in their search results, um, reviews is a big piece of that. And so right. we, we have the technology um, through a platform where our franchisees can get on. It aggregates all the reviews in one place. Um, and we have provided uh, through chat GPT and some other AI tools um, responses. And so it's responses written, you know, it's nothing that we wouldn't want to say, but it's written in a fun, uh, you know, quirky way that fits our brand personality. Um, and it just, it allows, again, ease of use. It allows our franchisees to respond to any kind of review, positive, negative, um, or neutral, uh, really quickly, which is key. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Now, I mean, um, I I'm spending a lot of time in that field and I've always been attracted to new technology anyway. And one of the things I, all I've been saying for about a year is, what can it do to help you move the needle somewhere in your business? And you have to have a very good understanding of what that is. And you've been saying the whole conversation, whether it's KPIs or you know the data or where we where do we need to close the gap? What what problem could we solve? And it's like you said, well, writing in in the tone of like a Bill Murray would be pretty much impossible unless you're a master writer and you could literally take the time to try to figure that out. Literally, if that's what you feel your brand is, you literally have AI do that for you. But that's a great application of using AI to move what you're already doing forward. And that's the key. And I think that's where brands need to jump in 
today like you're doing and do it so that you know kudos for you because that is that'll just keep happening like oh we could yeah. maybe do that and oh we could maybe do this and whatever and it'll evolve but that's a great great use case idea um is your 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 brand like an ai probably could be that brand better than anyone any, anybody really just because it's consistency if you train it properly and you know what i mean yeah. so anyway that's really cool so um just in terms of of you know you know before i let you go um i wanted to kind of go back over so everything you've talked about is should should frame this opportunity as a great one for anyone listening um Tell me a little bit about if someone was interested in starting their own uh, operation. Tell me a little bit about where, what markets you're focused on um, and a little bit about how that influences your marketing. What is it about your brand that you're trying to match when you're, when you're going through that recruiting process, who you're looking for Yeah. Uh, to kind of take the brand further, but how, how does that affect yeah. your marketing? There. Well, we're pretty unique, I think, in the the franchising world. And like I said, I've I've been at several large uh, franchisors, and we're pretty unique in that um, we provide extreme support. So we have um, support from you know the real estate design and construction through marketing through everything. Um, and so we're willing to take on people who don't have restaurant experience, and some don't even have business experience. Um, as long as they are coachable um, and willing to work with us and collaborative and can follow a process, um, we've been able to work with a lot of people to realize their dreams of owning their own business um, as long as they can follow a process. So we're pretty unique in that way. Um, and then we have several you know, franchisees who do have a ton of experience. And so we'll kind of tailor our support to them. Um, you know, there's some who don't don't want or don't need as much support. So um, we're really looking for the the people though. It's it's to make sure that, you know, we have a good match in um personalities. You know, this is a a 10 year plus uh relationship, 10 years at a time. And so um we want to make sure that that they're coachable and willing to learn and open to new ideas. And we are too. And so we learn just as much from a lot of our shops, um, hopefully that they do from us. Um, and I think that's really helped us succeed over the last um, you know, seven to ten years. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, just as we wrap up, I I do respect everything you've been talking about, and and I I know that you you've really got you've got a clear vision of what you need to do to move the brand in the right direction. So, if you were giving advice to another CMO, you know that was just starting with a brand, maybe your size, maybe a little bigger. You know, there's a lot going on in the world today. There's a lot going on with technology. There's there's a lot just in general. So with the demands of a CMO today, what would your advice be? Where where would you start? Like if you were starting a gig new with a new brand and is there any advice you might might share? I I would say because because we were forced to be very scrappy, we were forced to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Um and a, a, I guess an easy place to start or to me a kind of no-brainer is to fish where the fish are. And so starting with our current customers and getting, you know, getting a current customer to return is a lot less expensive and a lot less effort than it is to get new customers in the door. Um, and if we can prove ourselves over and over to our current guests, uh, you know, even, even if we couldn't do outside marketing, which, which we are doing, but if we couldn't, our current guests should be able to help grow the brand through, you know, word of mouth, um, and repeat visits. So I would say 
fish where the fish are first, um, and then work on expanding outside uh, that first group of people. Yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, and that that makes great sense. And and in a restaurant brand, I mean, it is. I mean, if your food is great and you treat your customers great, it's hard not to be good. I mean, you, you know what I mean? A lot of new franchisors that we talk to, like I've done a little of that too with emerging brands. A lot of it comes from that. It's just they're they're so loved in their market that they're like, you know, are you a franchise? And you know, that's yeah. a lot of times how it starts. Um, but anyway, that sounds brilliant. And you're right. It is a much uh, cheaper way to approach it. And it's right in front of you. How do we just make it better what we're already doing? And uh, that's great, great advice. I appreciate that. Any other thoughts you wanted to leave with the, the audience? And if they're interested in, I would say, the opportunity, I'm sure they can Google Teriyaki Madness near them. But if they're interested in the opportunity of partnering with you, what's the best way to reach out for that? Sure. You can go to terakimadness.com and then uh, click on franchising um, to get to our franchise site. And there is a ton of information where another one of our core values is transparency. And so we're very transparent with um, all the numbers and everything that's on there and what we do, you know, versus what we expect from the shop owners. And a lot of that's on there. It's a great place to start. Um, Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. If you, and for people who haven't tried the food, I definitely recommend getting in there and trying it because like I said, that's, that's the number one thing our guests tell us is they love us primarily for the flavor of the food because it's so unique um, and craveable. And it's usually something people don't typically make at home. So that's, that's why a lot of people like going with uh, teriyaki. Yeah. I would say nowadays, none of us, there's so many great choices to, to get healthy food um that you know it's hard to be a good cook like I, you know you can't compete it's like they've got all the great it's the great recipes and and uh and ingredients right so that's awesome well i appreciate your time today it was really really cool to talk about technology and and where things are going love to have you back though so hopefully you know you can come sure. back and visit us in a, in a bit and tell us what's going on because i know more changes is in front of us and how we approach running businesses will evolve. And I don't think there's a better place to be than in a franchise network to deal yeah. with change. I think that COVID was a great test of that, testament to that. And like you said earlier, thank goodness we didn't have to quote unquote pivot, right? Yeah. I think they invented that word. They they brought that out of the dictionary and said, let's use pivot a lot. Uh, right. We all had to pivot constantly. But no, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, a lot of people did pivot and did, yeah, it was a lot of innovation through it. I thought it was cool. And I also think you made some comments about being scrappy. And I think that's awesome. I mean, one thing that uh, this this environment forces us to do is be innovative. And I haven't heard anyone ever tell me that's a great entrepreneur. That's the only way through is to think yeah. through it with limited resource and figure it out and you will and you hear story after story of people saying that that's impossible we can't do that and it gets done so you just have to have clarity right clarity yes. of your vision anyway thank you so much Jenny Boyce, it's been a pleasure to have you on the yeah, show thank you very much 